Welcome to the Healing HQ Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a Hashimoto's warrior, registered dietitian, and lover of all things healing. Each week, we will dive deep and provide you tips, tricks, and everything you will need on your healing journey from myself and my guests in the community. If you're ready to jump headfirst into your healing journey, then this podcast is for you. Get ready to talk all things woo-woo, mindset, nutrition, and so much more. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healing HQ Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I have such a special guest for you. I have Dr. Elliot Dinetz, who is a board-certified physician and a certified specialist in functional medicine here today. And doctor, I am so glad that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat with you. And I'd love to start out by you telling us more about like what you do, how you help people on their healing journey, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. And any opportunity I have to speak, you know, to the masses out there, it's really, it's just so important to what I do because functional medicine is the next thing. And I want it to be the already here thing. You know, people uh, can get better. I've seen it. We do it every day. And I'm tired of hearing what I've seen, especially on your uh, Instagram, people not getting hope. That is unacceptable to me and, and also saying that there is no solution or healing options. We've known for centuries there are, yeah. right? And we have the evidence to back it today. So we, you know, people, um, I just would love to, to share that. So yeah, I mean, I uh, trained in uh, Georgia and then continued to move south from New York to Miami, Florida, where I am right now. And I focus on um, inflammatory chronic conditions, everything from high blood pressure to autoimmunity which is why the topic will be on uh, uh, at least talking about Hashimoto's mm-hmm. or autoimmune thyroiditis, uh, because there's a certain approach that uh, we take as functional medicine specialists or integrative medicine doctors that's a bit more in-depth beyond what conventional care does, mirroring, you know, merely treating symptoms or diseases, but we actually go deeper to find out what's the root cause and why is that being an issue through advanced testing and, and actually listening to patients. Yeah. Important. And yes, if you don't listen to your patient, uh, best rule I ever learned from mm-hmm. physicians in this field was if you just listen, that was it. If you yep. just listen, they will tell you the answers. And every time that that's happened, which is a lot. Um, wow. I just think of that physician who, uh, who most recently said it to me. So yeah. How would you like to initiate the, uh, breakdown. Yeah. So, well, I would love to talk more about, um, kind of what you said about just listening in the functional world or versus the clinical Western medicine and functional world. Cause I think that that's a huge important thing. And I love that you're all about just listening. And I think that that's something we unfortunately don't see often, but it sounds like you're really changing the game on that. So what do you feel like I'm sure a lot of the women I talk to, especially around Hashimoto's, it could take them years to get a diagnosis because doctors typically will tell them, oh, you're fine. You're just overweight. Go work out and eat less. So I would love to know kind of your take on that and kind of how that plays into your healing journey with women with Hashimoto's. Absolutely. So you mentioned weight. So we'll start there. When people come in with complaints, oftentimes if it doesn't fit a checkbox, 
oh, my hair is falling out. My skin is bad. <laughs> my, you know, I'm having these lesions on my skin. It's hard for physicians in conventional practice who are there for seven to 10 minutes, if you're lucky, 15 to 30, mm-hmm. um, to really understand what's going on. But even further than that, they're not trained in understanding more than what we've learned, right? Mm-hmm. Clinical acumen or experience is really where you get that from. So that's the first off. And when you come and talk to a physician, they say, you're fine. Clearly, no one knows your body better than you. Mm-hmm. I, I tell that to my patients in the first visit. There is no better doctor than them. <clears throat> it's sorry, it's, it's just the way it is. You, I will never know. Even with the advanced labs that I do, we miss things. It's never going to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So when our patients talk to us, we have to, therefore, to be a good doctor, listen. And when you listen, I'm gaining weight. <clears throat> I'm feeling a little fatigued. Um, this is not normal for me. I didn't really change anything in my nutrition, diet, et cetera. We have to go deeper and ask those questions, right? Like I said, why did you get it? So doing a good history, okay, as well as good lab results, you can kind of see what's going on. Today, anything above, um, anything in the range of 0.5 to 5, it's a very big range Yeah. Um, of TSH, which is the marker of how your thyroid is essentially doing, that's considered normal, we move on. That is a really big range, guys, mm-hmm. if you think about it in percentages, right? 0.5 to 5 is something like a 500% increase or more. Yeah. Thousand percent, and it's not like a range of twenty-two to twenty-four, which is like other labs. So that's the first thing to understand. Furthermore, physicians are not going deeper to test antibodies, and I do that standardly, and most integrative health providers do. If your TSH, let's just say, even in a screening, is above two, because optimal is below two, and if you think about it, 0.5, double of that is one. Again, one point five two. That's a pretty big range already. And what we notice is like, even, uh, so if people are in, you know, the 2.5, three range, we start to see even, and then of course, above that, uh, that is a problem with the thyroid. So then we look deeper, as I said, we look at, um, labs such as your free thyroid, free T3, free T4. And we look to see if those are kind of where they need to be. And, um, and of course, lastly, Uh, The antibodies, so anti-TPO and anti-TTG antibodies, which go against the thyroid, these need to be ordered standardly if someone is not in optimal range and having a complaint that could be thyroid. Yeah. Fatigue could be a lot of things, right? It could be your sex hormones like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. It could be cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And all of these actually form a balance. So it's important, you know, uh, if you're stressed out, that's cortisol. Cortisol goes right ahead and slices through your thyroid, doesn't allow it to convert from your T4 to active T3, as we were just talking about. Mm. Um, it doesn't, it, it damages the receptors we're now learning too. So even the labs won't tell you this. Hence what I mean, you have yeah. to listen. And stress, that's why stress is so important for a malfunctioning thyroid. And then autoimmune thyroid, when we get into those antibodies, well, why do they have that? Before we start talking about treatment, you want to find out why. Mm-hmm. So you start asking the patient, well, what do we know about nutrition? The things we put in our mouth besides stress, which we talked about can be certainly one of them. Um, our society has been riddled with increasing stress and decreasing hormones for the past half century. That's just yeah. what we live in, right? ADHD, other similar um, 
conditions are on a rise. So are autoimmune conditions. So we have to figure out what's the problem. Well, we know we've been GMOing foods. We know that um, in addition to that, we have a lot of inorganic produce. We have uh, gluten sensitivities have gone up dramatically actually since 2006, mm -hmm. uh, particularly because of pesticides. And you're thinking, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, the pesticides damage your gut lining and allow gluten to kind of trans permeate or come through, absorb through your intestines. And right behind your intestines is 75% of your immune system. Yeah. So there's your autoimmune connection. It is a big autoimmune trigger, even in people who don't have genetic susceptibility. I'm telling you that, Chelsea, I see that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm one of them right here. I don't have the genes, I don't have the antibodies. But if your gut health isn't optimal or you're eating, you know, wheat that's been bleached and, and doused in, in pesticides, which they do to protect it from getting eaten by rodents, right. you know, it's going to come through, it's going to inflame the gut, and, and it's going to cause a lot of damage, allowing that gluten to kind of present itself. Right. So that and GMO makes it larger. So we see a lot of that. So I tell people right away, gluten and dairy, which happens to be another big trigger. If you can help me eliminate those, even without doing fancy labs, let's see how you do in six weeks. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we also take a look aside from these foods, right? You can say, well, those aren't foods I eat. What's going on? There are food sensitivity tests that you can do as well and see what's going on. But I like to wait until later for that, and I'll explain. Remember we were talking a little bit about the gut microbiome or the ecosystem of bacteria and um, the, the health of your intestines. Yeah. And if you have pesticidal food or inflammatory high carb processed foods, these are damaging the bugs in your gut that help with digestion and absorption. And they allow damage to the, to the intestinal barrier that we were talking about. So if you have damage there, it doesn't matter what you eat. You're, you're going to light up like a Christmas tree on a food sensitivity test. Mm -hmm. So I start by eliminating the real pro-inflammatory ones, which are those two. The other on the Sinister 7 list are dairy. I'm sorry, I said that already. Um, uh, are tree nuts, eggs, corn, shellfish. And am I missing one? If they're abusing alcohol, of course. And... Um, what we do is we take this list and we say, if you can pinpoint one of these or a couple of these that you're really consuming on a routine basis, let's hold just for six weeks. And then we reintroduce one at a time. I try to do it once every week and see how they feel. Mm -hmm. If the fatigue sort of got better during that time period, which 70%, according to studies, show it does. In fact, for a lot of conditions, weight gain, you name it, we're on something. And I also add things like glutamine and... Um, aloe vera extract and natural products to help mm. the gut lining thicken. I don't right. um, prescribe anti uh, probiotics as much anymore because people uh, get into this thing like, which probiotic are you taking? And it's not, that's not the right approach. You're not gonna have one to five strains, right. you have trillions. So what that means is you wanna give prebiotics to the body. So stews, um, with like dandelion, licorice, chicory, you know, or they have supplements like um, ion biome for example, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, these are, are prebiotic supplements that can help you grow your own. So now we've rehabilitated our gut issue from a nutritional standpoint and some supplements. We see that in, in most cases, people get better and then we can reserve food sensitivity. Mm -hmm. That's so, it's just so cool to hear someone in the medical community, um, 
who is a licensed doctor, you know, a practicing doctor to say exactly what I want to hear. Um, and it's, so in my practice, I do, I call it an elimination experiment as well. And we take a lot of the common foods that um, you added, but I was curious your opinion. I've been reading so much about um, soy and grains. Soy was actually the one I didn't mention. Okay. On the so, list. There you go. Um, soy and grains and their negative impact on women with Hashimoto's. But then you hear about women with Hashimoto's being estrogen dominant or having a lot of issues with their um, hormones, which they promote soy products or grain products. So I'm just wondering your opinion on um, soy and grains because um, I agree with gluten and dairy. Those are like the top two, but I would say soy and grains. I often see people have issues with too. So we'll go back to quality on that. Mm -hmm. Grains. Um, have you guys gone to the supermarket and seen where, whatever grain you're talking about, whether it's rice or millet, et cetera, that it says gluten-free? Because there, we live in a time, unfortunately, where food is not of quality. We've lost 80 to 90% of nutrients from the soil due to the pesticides and GMO conglomerate. So knowing this fact, there's <laughs> no opinion mm -hmm. here, um, we're, we're talking about a lot of manufacturing that's also for profit for cheaper foods. So in the same facility, they're mixing gluten and non-gluten stuff. So mm. you have to be careful on that with grains. Mm -hmm. Secondly, grains... Uh, I, I see that they spike sugar, right? Because they're higher typically in glycemic, but that's not necessarily a culprit as much as inflammation is. So you might be sensitive to grains. So if you are eating for someone who's like really restrictive on diet, like we see a lot of people with Hashimoto's like that, right? And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And if you're eating grains saying, like I've seen in my practice, well, then I can't eat anything. Well, that might be a problem. Right right in and of itself, you're becoming something called orthorexic where you're just focusing on a few foods and that's not healthy either. Mm -hmm. Diet diversity is switching them up every few days as you know, leading nutritionists will tell you, will stop the immune response in the body. You know, If you're eating something every day, that's a great place to start, grains included. Right, I love it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed you said before that you usually, um, would treat people with what you called stews, which I'm assuming is more like an elixir mix of different herbs and stuff like that. Is that? Yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, I meant like literally a stew. You get a boiling pot of water and you gotcha. put in prebiotic foods and, you know, you get all of that nutrients in there. So when they're, you know, when you're cooking vegetables or boiling them, you're losing all the nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. There are studies that show that like pressure cooking does it the least, but boiling is the most because it's going in the fluid. You're, that's the most important part. So stews, keep it emulsified in liquid so you absorb it better. Mm -hmm. And that's one way, of course, like I said, gotcha. that, that can better prebiotic. Uh, I still use probiotics, don't get me wrong, but in treatments, not in prophylaxis or prevention, you right. know, so if I know I need Saccharomyces because that can kill C. diff that someone has, mm -hmm. it's better than giving an antibiotic, right? If you right. Can avoid that because that'll, some of these can wipe out your microbiome entirely. It's um, in 10 years from now, we're going to be like, can you believe they did that? Yeah, I know. It's just so crazy. And I could talk about the gut all freaking day. Um, but I definitely know that 
one thing that I, I had on my list to talk to you about was about low dose naldextrone because I definitely see a lot, an increase of women who I work with asking about, should they be put on it? Cause the research says X, Y, and Z. So I'd love to know um, specifically with Hashimoto's, your approach on LDN um, and, you know, kind of how you use it or if you use it. Yeah, I'm starting to, and I'll tell you why. Um, that has a good body of literature that's increasing, including case mm -hmm. reports, which is the lowest form of, uh, of, of evidence, but still evident, yeah. <laughs> unlike anecdotal or, or, or just what people are doing, um, and a lot of case reports. So that adds up. Yeah. And then there are studies that get larger and larger. So we're at the point where it's like, okay, we have, in theory, the understanding of low-dose naltrexone or LDN. And what it is, is it used to be a medication to take people back from heroin overdose. It was like an anti-heroin thing, but at micro doses, like what it is, it's extremely safe and it modulates the immune system. What does that mean? It means it balances. So you have an autoimmune condition, you are inflamed, right? We understand that inflammation is bad. It can lead to cancer, chronic diseases, et cetera. So we go back to why, right? So we talked about some of the reasons and we'll talk about more, but LDN goes in and kind of stimulates the immune system to balance itself out. So it lowers your inflammation, consider it an anti-inflammatory. Mm. So I tried, <clears throat> I wanted to use that always secondary to cordyceps, for example, an adaptogenic mushroom that does the same thing. It's a modulator of the Th1 and Th2, which are your T cells causing you know, autoimmunity. And by modulating and balancing those, that would be key. Studies, there are studies that are actually well-designed that showed cordyceps does this particularly well in Hashimoto's. Right. And that mushroom extract can be very helpful. But again, you know, if you're stressing, that's going to be a problem because mm -hmm. you're, you're hoarding your thyroid to get into control. You're promoting inflammation because cortisol is inflammatory and you're not going to stop the autoimmune process. Same right. thing with the gut health, same thing with the gluten and foods that you shouldn't be, you know, eating if they're sensitive to you. Mm -hmm. And then again, it's, it's a systems-based approach the way we do it. So we look at kind of everything together holistically instead of simply, let's just try this medicine because then, then I'm putting you on a medicine for life the same as conventional care. Right. We don't want to do that. So LDN works that way. And it takes an awful long time to see antibodies start to go down upwards of six months to a year from my understanding. Um, but you're, you're stopping the inflammatory process you're removing the source and you're giving them things like their gut health to heal. Mm -hmm. So now we're on a roll and we just got to keep at it. And then, um, you know, see what other things can potentially cause Hashimoto's in the body. So we were talking about Epstein-Barr, which is mono. A lot of times it's really striking. Like people say, yeah, I had a bad bout of that. You know, and um, that means your body was going crazy, trying to attack it. And it was invading our teeth our immune cells and mm -hmm. spreading going dormant. Whereas people who don't have that strong reaction wiped it out, don't have that kind of a response. And we see that with that history, you can even check their labs and they have reactivation antibodies to right. bar. And that just, what it does is this virus causes an autoimmune reaction to it. Vitamin C, especially IV has shown to, to help that. Mm -hmm. That's something that, that people are doing today. Um, you know, obviously making sure you're if something like LDN or cordis or cordishy mushrooms that balance the immune system are going to help you fight it better. 
Right. If the person isn't exercising, that's a huge immune stimulant, guys. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had studies that showed uh, athletes who exercise had their immune systems up here and then it drops. Mm. Um, and how it stayed high all day was taking mushroom extracts, these things called beta-glucans that are in cordyceps and reishi. And, and that's just kind of what we do is we look to say, okay, we need to get your lifestyle better and we want to make sure that we're checking the right labs and seeing what's the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I hear you talking a lot about, um, using mushrooms, cordyceps, reishi, um, you know, that is such a, um, I feel like it's a very up and coming, um, trendy thing that's going on adaptogens and, and shrooms and all that cool Mm -hmm. stuff. I would love to, um, hear like, more about how to use them safely and like, how do we find a reputable place to get them and all that kind of stuff? So that's a great question. Um, I cannot provide medical advice uh, via, of course, a podcast and I don't mm-hmm. intend to, but what I, what I will say is that there are functional medicine doctors all over the place. Yep. If people just knew where to look because they have access to pharmaceutical grade, medical grade supplements, that can do this, which means number one, they're not CVS, Walgreens, or over-the-counter garbage. Right. Which likely come from China, have a sprinkle of active ingredient, which are the lowest grade, and a ton of preservatives, dyes, fillers, and allergens. Yep. So you're actually hurting yourself if you don't get quality stuff. And I want to make that very clear because mm-hmm. people come in with all sorts of stuff. Right. And sometimes so much that they're not even absorbing them. Right. So how to do that is I, I think it would be probably best to get some sort of counseling on it to say, I have a condition and have it managed properly, at least a consultation. Right. Because yeah. then you can at least know for fact what it is. Maybe that, you know, you weren't getting the right diagnosis, right? That's where a functional medicine doctor will be listening to you and, and staying with you and, and kind of supporting it with data and evidence and labs. Yeah. So that you can get a recommendation at least and move forward on your own that way mm-hmm. and learn more. That's kind of where I always start. There, the brands, there's so many pharmaceutical grade ones, but technically you can't get them if you're not a clinician. Um, and they go after anyone who sells them. That is what right. they tell these doctors. So if you get them from Amazon, uh, what I've noticed is that they have older labels. <laughs> mm. So they're kind of outdated, expired. Um and they do that on purpose, they change up. So, you know, by the time that they're sold on um, third-party sites like Amazon or wherever, they're not really quality. They're not kept in temperature controlled environments, you know, if it was freezing or hot. These are things that you have to be aware of because these, these should be treated like medicines. In fact, they're more expensive right. than medicines. Right, it's also just not safe, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just not safe to do on your own, which is kind of what I was getting at is that there are all these products out there, but you may not be reaping all the benefits because it's not the correct one for you or the correct dose or from anything beneficial. We don't really know what's in it. Um, So, but it's so up and coming. I've been hearing about it a lot lately. And I think it's so important for anyone who's listening that if you want guidance or that's something you're interested in is using um, mushrooms, which are very helpful in healing. And there's so much, I mean, ancient history on using that medicinally. Um, Go to someone, go to a practitioner who can, who's actually qualified to help you in that. Don't just take something because it's trendy. Um, 
that you read on someone's blog, <laughs> basically. Right. You know, we're seeing a lot of, this is scary, but we're seeing a lot of doctors, uh, even non-doctors, believe it or not, claiming that they're functional medicine and they say doctor and functional medicine and people will try them out and end up coming to see me, for example, after with a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. I haven't even met them, but they, they don't come in with it. And we have to really spend the first visit getting them out of the mistakes that were made. And it's not their fault. Right. But if I were to tell everybody something, you don't go cheap on your health. And, you know, I've seen that's kind of the way they get people in the door. Um, and I would say a certified functional medicine physician, there are sites that you can find them, you know, the American Academy of Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine, IFM, Institute of Functional Medicine, even AMMG. These are, you know, academies that accredit people uh, who are already board certified doctors to specialize. So that's always really helpful. Um, they don't take insurance um, until we make it a point that they should. So the healthcare system is so broken and for profit that it's mm-hmm. disgusting. And that's really why doctors aren't listening, guys. It's not their fault. I'm going to defend them in this, even though they don't understand what we do yet, you know, in this field and it's mm-hmm. growing. It's not, they're, they're ignorant. And that's meaning the lack of knowledge. And um, it is now at Cleveland Clinic, which I believe is one of the top hospitals in the world. It's, there are seven centers for OSHER, integrative medicine, including here at University of Miami. So it's, this is not um, on the fringe anymore. This is, this is the way it is. Um, And they, they're at a network. And what's going to happen is we're looking at a two-tiered system probably coming where if it doesn't go, you know, one payer, single payer system, uh, you're going to have crappy insurance care or really great ones that you pay for. Mm -hmm. But remember insurance guys, it's the same everywhere. Your car, your house, it's meant to protect you in case something bad happens, meaning the ER. Don't expect to get quality healthcare with something like that. Like don't expect them to come and uh, fix your car or give you a Ferrari because you paid for insurance. That's what people have to get out of mentally and realize if they want the next level of care that that's where they have to go and um i i've done a very good job i think at helping people understand the problems in our system mm-hmm. um showing them these kind of analogies yeah i mean i never thought of it that way it's so true though i mean i i have firsthand experience i um mm-hmm. you know a little bit about my hashimoto story is i had i was 20 I think I was like 20 or 21 at the time. And I had gained 60 pounds in three months. I was having headaches, joint pain. I couldn't work out anymore. Like I had a whole slew of issues and I'm like, I'm 21 or 20. However, I was young twenties and the doctors, I went to three different doctors and they all told me my, your labs are normal. There's nothing you, we can do. And it was the like, so isolating and frustrating and, and really just mistrusted, you know, I just mistrusted everyone. And I did my own research and I forced my primary doctor, like crying, how to get the manager of the, the um, office involved and begged her to test my thyroid, a full thyroid panel. And then she called me apologizing and I have since gone back. And I think that it's so true that I've have since been working with a functional practitioner and I'm a huge proponent of investing in myself and my health and everything. But I know that it's hard for people to trust that because 
I also have experience when I was first looking for a functional practitioner around where I live that they wanted money just to have a consultation with me. And that was a, and I hear from a lot of people, I even, I had my aunt call me the other day, one of my, my aunts. And she said like, should I trust this person? They want me to pay to just talk to them. So what do you like? You're right. It's just so broken. It's just the trust and the mistrust and where do you go? How do you get help? Cause with Hashimoto's, if you feel so alone, even though there's so many people who have it, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that nobody should work for free. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that everybody should be compensated. I feel that way about anybody who tries to do me a favor, wants to shadow me, whatever it is, uh, that's just really degrading to their level of expertise. Mm -hmm. So, but again, it goes back to the understanding of what you're getting, right? You're getting a Ferrari for your body right? Okay. You're not going uh, and kind of putting in, you know, a 1974 beat up car with 400,000 miles and oil change and begging the mechanic to do whatever it takes to get it to keep working. Right. That doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you're treating your body. No, we can't. That's not what I'm here for. So when, yeah, I guess it's just very novel to you and everybody to say, well, I have to pay for a consultation. Read between the lines. You need somebody to listen to you. These, right. This is what you be, everybody needs. That's more important than anything that they can do. Right. Yeah. It's like, contrary. sorry, you go. No, no, no. It's like the contrary of what you would think. Just to talk. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And we turn down more people um, than we accept. Right. As a result, until the right people come. Because I believe that health in life is a journey like everything else. And when they're prepared to mm -hmm. encounter that journey, they'll come. There's a direct correlation. If they're not willing to pay for their health, they're not going to make the changes necessary in their own life. Right. And I, that, I can't do that. I totally can't use my energy and see somebody when other people need my help. Mm -hmm. you know, so we really right. have to stand up for ourselves here as functional doctors and say, this is your choice. You know, right. patients, you have to take, you have the, you've heard me talk. You've heard you talk. Mm -hmm. there are answers now it's up to you right yeah Don't I totally agree the change it will not right that, I promise yeah no I totally totally agree and when you put it that way which is not a way that I feel like I mean society kind of teaches us or has taught us at least <clears throat> me growing up that like your doctor should give you everything and everyone I feel like a lot of people are realizing that's not how it works. And, I'll and give you a lot. they'll give you a lot of prescriptions already. <laughs> right. But not what you need. And it's, it's frustrating and it's upsetting to know that, you know, you're not getting the care that you want, but if you invest in yourself, whether it's time, money, energy, working with someone, whatever it is, you can, we will bring you from point A to point B a lot quicker than you could Google and read research papers and, and all this, this stuff. But I kind of want to bring the conversation back to really um, kind of healing Hashimoto's, but also like antibody reversal and, and kind of bring in your thoughts on, or maybe you could walk us through maybe like your top three tips on how someone with Hashimoto's could start their journey. Um, if it's, if they can't get in with a functional doctor anytime soon, or it's just not in their budget or something like that. Sure. Um, so the top three would start with the elimination diet. 
our modified elimination diet, right? The seven foods we talked about, gluten, dairy, soy, corn, tree nuts, uh, shellfish and eggs. <clears throat> and especially if people, majority of people, it's like the top four things are ones that they actually consume. Right. And if you just really harness in on that and say, well, the other ones I do eat, but it's so seldom, it's like once a week, well, maybe that's okay. That's probably not what's doing it to you. But a lot of times I notice it's the gluten, dairy, and corn, or we had something that's really uh, impacting them. And then you obviously have to check your thyroid. And like we said, the range is very large, but optimal is in the two range or lower. And perhaps you might need thyroid replacement. And then when we go into thyroid replacement, you can always ask your doctor to give you mixed thyroid, which is T3 and T4. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because in an inflamed person, they don't convert T4 to T3. And some people just inherently don't. Their cells don't accept the, the thyroid because they're mm-hmm. inflamed, as we talked about, and they can't really access it to, to be converted properly. This is unfortunately not known that well in, in medicine, even endocrinologists, I only know, you know, few who, who are saying, oh, well, some of the papers show that yes, some people it helps. Well, who are those people? Right. Look deeper, challenge yourself. So the mixed T3 and T4 will help the cells really uh, compensate. So that's, that's ways you can help yourself and ways I would say starting right off the bat is there, you know, prebiotics for the gut health. And again, it's difficult to, to, this, these are the advice that I would say that everyone should start with. Yes. But um, it's difficult to say what each person's cause might be, right? Right. These are ways to limit inflammation. Okay. Your triggers and heal. So that's a great point, no matter what the cause was. Okay. And remember other autoimmune diseases, we start the same way. Mm-hmm. Rheumatoid arthritis, MS, Sjogren's, lupus, uh, things like that. So um, just to kind of recap, I guess, is we looked at the gut health. We look at viruses like mono or Epstein-Barr. Uh, we looked at the, the hormonal balance. We talked about cortisol and stress being, being inflammatory, not being helpful. So stress management is key. And there are adaptogens like ashwagandha. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Very popular supplement these days. That helps. And then, you know, of course, uh, the sex hormones. And just briefly on the sex hormones, we've been seeing in practice middle-aged women who are approaching menopause and when their estrogen and progesterone get low, uh, believe it or not, that helps regulate autoimmunity mm-hmm. in the body. So I've seen plenty of people who, and I just kind of guess, and I'm like, you're in your mid fifties. Has this been a problem for four years? The average age of menopause is 51. And that's what we start to see. So again, you know, there are multiple factors and you need somebody who's going to look at you in a comprehensive holistic manner right to see you know what might be the quickest avenue towards towards your health mm-hmm. i love it thank you so much this was such a cool conversation i know we can go on for days about every topic that we talked about um but i don't want to make it too overwhelming um but this was awesome and just thank you so much for being so clear and concise and compassionate and doing the work you do because I think that you're changing the game in the world for, especially for autoimmunity, but people who just need to be listened to. And I think that that's awesome. My pleasure. It's just spreading the word is the first step. Exactly. So in closing, will you tell everyone where they can find you, social media, website, all that good stuff. And I'll put it in the show notes when we're done. Sure. Sure. It's um, 
Dr. Dinetz, D-R-D-I-N-E-T-Z, his Instagram handle, which I have managed and uh, I like to put up tips there. I think people will find what's very interesting under gut health, some of the evidence that they can see for themselves, maybe show their physicians the, the link there. Um, you know, there are two types of doctors out there, ones who listen and ones who don't. And that's truly what it comes down to. Uh, ones who scoff and say, <laughs> that's nothing. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> There's no way you know everything yep. where every year drugs are pulled, being used and, mm-hmm. and reused, or even in, in layman terms, they don't know anything about nutrition. That's scary. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to be with that. And uh, I found that even non-trained functional medicine doctors, if somebody has a concierge doctor, right? And our practice, mine is a concierge base that will really follow our patients routinely and weekly even if needed. Um that these guys really can learn and help the patient step-by-step. Step. And those are mm-hmm. hopefully younger docs today. Yeah. It, it all depends. And then of course, uh, the, our practice email is info at elliotdenets.com. That's my name. And what else? What are the other ones? Great. Just uh, do you have, I know you have Instagram. Are you on any other social media platforms or your email? However you can help anyone. Sure. Um, I think that depending on what area you're in, there's great resources. And I, I think this is it, ifm.org mm-hmm. or a4m.org. And you can put a forward slash find a practitioner and your Google search or Yahoo search, whatever it is, will take you to uh, find a practitioner near you. I think that's invaluable. Yep. invaluable. Rather than going through you know, Google itself and just looking for somebody who can, anybody can post an ad, but to find somebody who's legitimate, I would say, that's a great place to start. Beautiful. All right. All this will be in the show notes for you guys. Thank you so much, Dr. Janets. This was an amazing conversation and I hope you have an amazing day. 